Hey guys, it's your boy Devin Ashby, SKA Play by Play, asking you to like and subscribe, but also to spread the word about my new book, PG vs. Mocha, a memoir of high school football in the shadow of the nation's capital. The state of Maryland has produced some of the top names in college football and the NFL, from private school sensations like Trayvon Diggs and Chase Young, to the public schools that are responsible for Joe Hayden, Navarro Bowman, Sean Merriman, Trayvon Diggs, and Jake Funt, to name a few. This book is a collection of interviews and personal accounts from journalists, coaches, fans, and former and current players from public schools in two of Maryland's most prominent counties, Prince George's and Montgomery, that aims to tell our story and raise awareness on what's brewing in the area we affectionately call the DMV. I would appreciate it if you all could support by purchasing a copy on Amazon and spreading the word to friends and family. Thank you all for your love and support, and be sure to like and subscribe. What if I told you that a football team pulled a play fake that fooled more than just the defense? ESPN 30 for 30 presents Bishop Sycamore. This is play-by-play -play analysis, Devin Nashby on the mic, so you know it's hella lit, better plug your headphones in, on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify, Woo! on Anchor 2, no parachute, we so fly, we talking sports and music, what's the newest, and that culture, better stream, yeah, you better tune in, it ain't gonna cost ya, we talking sports and music, what's the newest, got exclusives, yeah, we do this play-by-play, -play. follow the page, eh? if you don't know, don't worry about it. We are here. It's another edition of Play-by-Play -play Analysis Podcast. I'm your boy Devin Ashby, SK Play-by-Play. -play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Second time on the show, my guy Brooks Warren. What's going on, bro? Thank you for having me on, bro. Uh, good to see you again. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And I got to plug you in. Uh, tell them about your podcast so they know where to look for it. Man, I am on Hear Me Out Podcast. Uh, one that I co-host with my boy Pedro talk about sports pop culture a little bit of politics uh, just a whole lot of fun man we even do some gaming streams if you're in the mario kart uh ufc Ma uh, madden um you know we do a whole bunch of different things man so we have a lot of fun and hope that you guys would enjoy that definitely definitely y'all check him out he's on all streaming platforms again but brooks is here the reason he's here is we got to talk sports which is what we kind of do all the time but it is football season and Obviously, NFL season, college has kind of began with the HBCU MEAC SWAC Challenge Classic. And now, obviously, that also means high school football, which is one of the more underrated traditions in Amer North American sports, is back. And, you know, ESPN has their regular slate every year of high school games that get the little kickoff special IMG generally is always going to be up there. They're one of the best prep schools in the nation, year in and year out, just loaded with D1 talent. But the team that they played in their opening game of the season has suddenly found itself in the news. And every day it just seems like this story is getting crazier and crazier. Bishop Sycamore, or what we believe to be Bishop Sycamore, was a school that's allegedly in the city of Columbus, Ohio. It's been revealed through a bunch of stories that they're not only are they not a real school, they lied and said that they had multiple Division One players on their squad and it turns out none of that was verified. Scammed all the way up to ESPN ended up in this matchup with IMG, now we're saying that it may not even be high school kids on the team. Then you got the coach got an active arrest warrant out for for fraud. You they one of the guys one of the former players was talked to and he was talking about how they had them living in hotels and you know that they had to rob Walmart and stuff to eat and it's just. A mess. Like, I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this story, but like, what the hell is going on at Bishop Sycamore? <laughs> what did you see when you heard the story, man? So, 
I, I, I saw the video of the commentators being like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm worried about player safety. Um, you know, we didn't, they, they were told that Vicious Fucking War has a certain number of D1 prospects. Obviously, that's not true because IMG was whooping that ass. Like, and, and again, like IMG whooping anybody, that's that's normal. They're the national champion for a reason, they're the national defending champions for a reason. But to be losing 58 to 0 when you're told that you have a bunch of demon prospects isn't a good look. And I was just like, oh, oh that's that's crazy. Like, what's, what's going on here? Um, did ESPN vet these guys? And that's like the number one rule of journalism, right? Whoever you talk to, before you use that quote, you got to, uh, you know, quote, whatever it may be, you got to verify it. You don't, you don't want to go out there and publish something and look stupid. And that's what happened with ESPN, man. Like, they got caught. Uh, they they weren't thorough enough, and this team played back to back. They played a game on Friday and they played a game on Saturday, and it's like literally a bunch of adults. They're full grown men, some of them even from like JUCO schools, getting blasted by a bunch of high schoolers, and it's embarrassing, bro. Like, it's just I don't I don't understand. I don't get it. ESPN is definitely taking some big L's. Uh, losing Jackie McMullen, Rachel Nichols, Max Kellerman's going away. Like I don't know what's going on with the board by leader in sports, but Maria Taylor. they got to figure it out, bro. Maria Taylor too. They got to figure it out, bro. Yeah, this this is a horrible look for the worldwide leader in sports because, like you said, how does something like this happen? Where you you said, like you said, you're supposedly the worldwide leader in sports. That's your moniker, and. They're they're now their thing is they're putting the blame on their their um, partner company Paragon Marketing who are the ones who vet this stuff and are the ones who give them the matchups to air on their on their um, telecasts and stuff and yeah I kind of get that but at the same time it's like how does nobody vet this stuff like when it's a very terrible look when the announcers on TV have no idea who individual players are and are on air talking about, we couldn't verify any of this stuff. They, we have no idea. We looked up Bishop Sycamore. It's like a half house or something that pops up when you look it up. This is like you said, they're just airing these dudes out. A a player got injured. They have no idea who who he is, what his name is. The only one, and even the, the, the rumors about the JUCO, like, some of that is true, but they, they that's mixed in with a couple of kids. Like, even the ones that they do have, like the quarterback, he didn't have a million offers. He had one from Nevada, and then they are like, well, the school said Nevada, Louisiana Monroe, and insert some other school. And it's like, this is just terrible all around. And like you said, playing two games back-to-back days, that is the scariest part of this thing. Like, you know, like, <laughs> this is wild to me, you know. And obviously, the internet is not going to let this go. The memes have been flying. It's been some funny memes that come out of this. Like, I mean, you know, you're seeing people are, like, naming Rachel Dolezal as the dean of admissions and, like, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's just halfway funny but it's also like kind of sad when you see some of the stuff that's happening to the ones that are actually kids yeah it's big cap university man big cap high school i mean i just don't understand and and last year they had a d tackle go viral for um a little clip that they had of him like juking somebody out and he, he wrecked somebody too like bishop sycamore i mean well, well, I saw a tweet. Someone was like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, bro, who's that girl that you talk to? Oh, you don't know her, bro. She goes to Bishop Sycamore. Like, <laughs> come on now. They're like Monte is... Teo's girlfriend went to Bishop Monte Teo, Exactly. Monte Teo's girlfriend, like that girl that, uh, was it, girl that that, that interviewed is like, that's my girlfriend. Oh, where are, you, where, are you, where are you know from, bro? Oh, I met her out of state. Blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a terrible look. And I feel bad for, I bet, I feel bad for the people that actually played for the team. And really thought that they were going to be able to finesse some people and change their lives because you get tricked by this alleged felon of a coach, you get tricked by just like everybody, and you you get embarrassed on national TV by IMG, a bunch of high school kids. It's just they said I don't need that, bro. they said high school football should be fun. 
high school football is supposed to be fun. Like you, you do this for Friday night lights. You do this for the school. Do it for your teammates and all that. It shouldn't be a big business like it's about to become. Like yeah, that's the thing. Like the reason I even think there are schools like IMG, and it is just because of stuff like this. Like it gets to this level that people are scamming the system like this because high school now is not about tradition anymore. It's not about just having fun on Friday night. Like you said, those are some of the best memories of your career. Now it's all a business. Like from the moment you strap on some pads in ninth grade, you know, it's all about, Hey, I'm trying to get offers. I'm trying. And I get some of it. Cause you know, a lot of people, it's an economic thing. You know, I got to feed my family. I have to get out the, I got to get out of tough situations. I get that part. But the other stuff of it, it's like, bro, it's supposed to be kids here. Like, you know, that's who loses at the end of all of this when coaches bring politics into it and stuff. And this dude with these fraud charges is just really killing me because they spoke to a former player who who went to the school in 20 or the quote unquote school in 2018 and 19. And it turns out the dude's name, what was his name? His name was, let me check, let me check. So the, the the coach's name is Roy Johnson, but it's a guy that who like who got fired earlier today too, right? Yeah, he got fired this week because he, you know, the fifty eight nothing loss, and they didn't win a game last year. So I'm just like, it's a lot. But they spoke to a former player who was revealing a bunch of craziness, like, oh, you know, he told my mom one thing, and then. You know, we're being told to tell our parents this and we're stuck in a hotel. We're not even really going to school. We're just, you know, and then by the end of the season in October, it's not even really school anymore. And then, you know, when he actually went to a real school, he had to redo his entire junior year in order to play as a senior. And it's like, so the ones, those of them that aren't actually JUCO and that are real kids are getting pulled into this mess and getting their careers ruined over this. And this is just heinous. Hey, bro. Ooh. Oh, no, I thought, I'm, I thought my mic was on mute. My bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's it there? I mean, even here, or not even here, like, uh, what's it? I can't think of any names right now, but I know their schools. Oh, like Imani Bates' school, bro. The one, uh, Ipsy Prep. It's not even a real high school. It's like literally just a, a, a team put together, built around him. Um, and they might not even get their own shine. Like, it's, it's it's becoming a problem, bro. It's really becoming a problem when you, you're prioritizing just one kid over the, the group or you're prioritizing just basketball, football, um, swimming, whatever it may be. These, these big-time sports, these Olympic sports, these professional sports over the the well-being and the development of these kids because that's what sports are about, right? You're, you're doing it to just become a better person, become, become a better man or woman, um, you know, get into shape, uh, be a part of a team, be a part of a locker room. Like, that's, that's what the essence is of sport. And especially when you're in high school, like, there's time for you to go to college or there's time for you to be a professional athlete. You're hearing your professional you never have a locker room like you do in high school or in college. Like everybody's off doing their own thing. You do it in high school and college. Like it's the most pure thing it is. It's most it's the most pure that sports can be. And now we're dealing with a world where like it's just becoming more uh monetized. It's becoming more about how much money can these kids make the school or make the administration, whatever it may be. And it's like nothing is sacred. And I say that's all the time in, in real life, like you can't have a hobby without it becoming a cash cow. You you can't read or you can't uh, you can't really do anything. You can't do a podcast. You can't do art. You can't do name anything without it becoming something about oh you should you should monetize that. You should make some money out of that. Yeah, the and whole secure it's, the it's, bag culture that we're in. Secure now. the bag, man. It's hustle culture, right? It's it's really toxic. Again, I'm gonna keep on saying it, it's really ruining everything. Really ruining everything out here. That's the product of a capitalistic society. That's where we're at now, you know? Like, yeah. everything got to be monetized. And I'm just like, man, it's going to mess a lot of... And it can mess a lot of things up. And I feel like even some of these schools like IMG, for example, you know, like, this is a prep school, high school, and it's like, you know, and not to 
shoot them down because, I mean, as far as we know, they're doing everything by the book. But, you know, you're getting all the you're recruiting all these kids from all over the country. And, you know, not just them. I mean, a lot of private schools do it. You know, you're taking these kids from all over the country and, you know, like, oh, I'm from California, but I play for IMG or I, and I only did it for like one or two years. And then it becomes like free agency in high school because you got these kids that play for like four different high schools in four years and then they have to reclass in their fifth year and before they even get to college. And it's just like, it's a mess. And then coaches and the collegiate level are going to sit here and pretend like, Oh, that means he's uncoachable or I don't want a player like that on my team. But then you still go and recruit those guys anyway. So, you know, it's a vicious cycle that keeps going. And then you get other kids that transfer and then they get caught up. And if they're, they get caught up in politics and they lose a year or two of high school where it's supposed to be fun. And now you've lost two years and you don't have nothing on tape for recruiters. And then you get to your senior year and you, and it's just not what you thought it would be. And now you can't undo that. You can't go back and redo those, you know? Yeah, I mean, so, I, I know a, a group of, I know, a well, I know a pair of twins that went to, to went to a, one of these prestigious prep schools and they were told by the coach straight up, oh, I'm not going to play either of you guys. You you really have no reason to be here. And they ended up leaving the semester afterwards to go play school back, to go play basketball back at home. And then, you know, they ended up playing, they ended up transferring schools as well. Like, it's, it's uh, like you said, man, it's really, it really is a vicious cycle because these are two talented boys. And, you know, they have potential to really help change the life of their family. And then they keep on getting caught up in, in all these this politics. And that's another problem, too. Like, when there's a lot of money involved, when it's when there's profit involved, you end up believing that you have to put out the best, the product that, that is going to, I guess, get the the parents' approval or the administrator's pr- uh, approval, um, the boosters' approval. Like, that's not how you win at the end of the day. Like, you got to put out the best players, not the, just the best people that are going to approve going to be approved by everybody you gotta do that as a coaching staff not involve anybody else right and we've already started to kind of see the repercussions of this bombshell report that's come out i mean this thing first of all this thing is entering like you know we mentioned manti tail you know this is entering friar festival terror ter- friar festival territory now you know in terms <laughs> of the lord like i really need a documented I mean, I would say 30 for 30, but ESPN don't want to admit that they got hosed, you know, so we may not get a 30 for 30, but I need some type of documentation of this moment in history because this is insane, you know, like a maybe a maybe a 48 hours or like a ABC, the um what's the junk called 2020 or whatever, like something, you know, but. You we've all, now we're starting to see repercussions. Like Damatha was one of the people that was supposed to be on their schedule this year. They've backed out of that game, you know. So and I feel like they're not going to be the only ones. You know, we're going to see this coming with a couple of schools down the line. You know, when people are going to start backing out because first of all, it's a player safety thing. Like you know, and it's an integrity thing to an extent. It's an integrity thing because you know, like you said, they're they're suiting up against dudes now it's like they've had games in the past that people would forfeit because they their rosters weren't verifiable and then when they did find out about the players on the team they would find out some of them were like 19 20 years old and it's like bro (laughs) you know so like this is only the beginning i'm I'm just wondering what's going to become of all this yeah i mean and that's a million dollar question right how like, we we see it all the time when kids reclassify and they play an age down or they play an age up. And oftentimes, like, a lot of these guys that end up reclassing, they're men amongst boys. And, of course, they're going to dominate. And, of course, they're going to become an Under Armour All-American or an Army All-American for football. Or they're going to be a Jordan, Jordan brand guy or a burger boy for basketball, like, yeah, it's just... it's, it's, it, we, we got to find a way to just, again, not prioritize these scholars. We have to find a way to not prioritize just college is, college is key. 
college is key for a lot of people. Like, obviously, not everybody's going to be able to be a Bill Gates or a Floyd Mayweather, um, LeBron James, whoever. Like, you can't skip steps and expect success. Right. Um, so, how are, what are we going to do to kind of just alleviate these problems? Because it's going to continue to get bigger, and we're going to see more Bishop Sycamores, and we're going to see more i am like these these high school campuses that look like college campuses like up here in maryland bro we got georgetown prep and it looks like a college campus and and they're what a hundred year old school a jesuit school Mm -hmm. you know connected to the catholic church all these different things like where does the luck stop where we don't again prioritize just having the best in order to get the best guys because at the end of the day even if even if everything looks great on the outside, what is it that the coaching staff can do for you? What is it that your teammates can do for you? What is it that you can do for this for this school or for this school that's going to allow you to become a better person or you know go go reach your goals? Because right now, again, like I've like we both been saying, it's all about the money right now, and it's all about what these student athletes can do. Excuse me for um for the schools and for the coaching staff and all these things like they're literally a jumping board and we're basically, basically using each other so how do we how do we stop that and i don't i really don't know i wish i had the answer bro yeah it, it just i really think you know people are looking at who the point finger is at and i think that's kind of missing the bigger picture here like obviously there are a lot of people at fault here but Bishop Sycamore and this whole situation was allowed to happen because of this beast that we've created with, you know, prep schools and prioritizing offers and stuff. And I mean, people can lie to themselves and talk about, oh, they're student athletes and the student part comes first. Not the way that things have run over the last decade or so like it's it's just yeah. only continued to get more and more of a beast and not just football it's basketball too you know and other sports but mainly yeah, d1 the athletes big ones. D1, d1 sports athletics. in general bro yeah d1 sports in general you know so i mean and i'm sure bishop sycamore is just the ones that got caught now but i'm sure it's plenty of little scams and things going on that we just haven't been shed light on you know and it's even some legitimate operations that probably got skeletons in their closets that could eventually come out as a result of this. So we'll really have to watch what comes of this for real, you know, and, you know, you just hope that these kids aren't continuing to have their futures jeopardized over mess like this, you know? Yep. I agree, bro. I definitely agree. We've reached my favorite part of the show. My favorite part of the show. And it's a section that I like to call Big Time Play of the Day. And it's dedicated to some of the biggest highlights of the week. Similar to what we were just talking about. But, you know, some other stuff. My first Big Time Play of the Day is a sad one, obviously, for everybody that's been paying attention to the situation unfolding in New Orleans and in Louisiana in general. You know, Hurricane Ida hit this past week. You know, it hit New Orleans, like, head-on. It's supposed to go up into Mississippi and parts of Tennessee as well. Um, You know, first and foremost, I just got to say to everybody from the Louisiana area, the boot, you know, our hearts go out to you, our prayers go out to you. Hopefully, people can recover from this they're talking about the entire city's power was knocked out and that it may take weeks and months in some areas to get it back and the craziest part of all this is that this all happened on the anniversary of hurricane katrina and this this storm might have been even deadlier you know so it's still a lot of information coming out but i mean hats off to all the reporters who are making things easy hats off to all the people who been trying to help one another and we just pray for the people of Louisiana. Big facts. Uh, and shout out to Al Roker, you know, one of those guys that's been covering these hurricanes and, you know, in his, in his raincoat and being willing to, to risk life in danger for, for all that, man. I mean, for a good report. So 
Yeah, prayers up to New Orleans, prayers up for Mississippi, Louisiana in general, man, because to have to deal with this year in and year out, um, especially after what you saw happen with Katrina, is just, it's just scary, man. I remember, I remember, what was that, 2005, 2006, something like that? Yep. I remember a pair of kids coming to my school because they were misplaced or displaced, and... They, I mean, they were like a fish out of water, bro. And, you know, I, I I don't know what happened to them. I don't know how they are. But I just remember just seeing them and being like, damn, like, I, I, I can't imagine what that's like losing your home to just some catastrophic weather like that. Like, yeah, And it's just a sign, again, of um, really just doing what you can to take care of the planet. I mean, we contribute to it as human beings. We all know that, but then there's other, there's bigger forces at play too that pollute even more than we do. So, right. you know, I can't blame, I can't blame us. I can't blame everyday people for what's going on with the planet. Right. But if, if we can change something, then I think we should. If we can, if we can try, we should. But yeah, it's just another sign of global warming. It's another sign of just the damage that we're doing to this planet. And you know, I, I, I feel like we're at a point, and I'm not, not even trying to make this like a political thing or like a, a non-sports thing or anything like that. But you know, we just, got, we just got to find a way to, I guess, mitigate it somehow, make it make life easier for everybody on this planet. Because these guys, they weren't. Some of them weren't able to evacuate. Some were, um, and my, my heart goes out to those people that weren't able to evacuate. So hopefully they're safe, yeah. and hopefully it's not as bad as what happened with Katrina. Um, you know, it's just, it's an awful scenario. And again, my heart goes out to him. Yeah, so far they've only confirmed one death that I know of. So, I mean, but still, obviously, it's many days that are going to be coming and stuff. So, this would be something to watch. And for those who are interested in donating and stuff, I plan on putting links to a bunch of different organizations in the bio at the end of this podcast. So, like, for anybody wondering... I'm going to leave stuff for people to donate. You know, I'm just trying to do my part, you know. Um, But moving on to a little more cheerful play of the day. We've been waiting and patiently and we finally got the first trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Yo. I was, I, man, I'm telling you, like, I haven't seen so much anticipation for something since... Infinity War and Endgame and that was almost two years ago so it's like bro this is going to be huge and we almost didn't get it because remember there was the whole fallout with Sony and Disney and then they finally were able to come together to make this happen Willem Dafoe's Goblin you know Alfred Molina's Doc Ock Um, we might be getting Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire even though they weren't in the commercial this Spider-Man is going to be intense, bro. I I can't wait, bro. I really can't. I I think Tom Holland's actually the best Spider-Man and Stanley, if Stanley said it and he's a creator of Marvel and he's a creator of Spider-Man, then I'm gonna have to go with it because you really think about it, bro. Tobey Maguire, early two thousands, you know, that that uh that cringy grunge uh, emotional Spider-Man. That was a perfect. That's perfect uh, time for it. Yeah. Um, Andrew Garfield. I'm. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a fan of that Spider-Man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I like what neither. they did with Gwen, Gwen Stacy, but I just wasn't a fan too of that. Happy with it. Yeah. Say it again. Me neither. I was agreeing with you. I'm like, yeah, his was. Probably- yeah. I just, yeah. It, it just wasn't my cup of tea, and maybe that's not a fair shake to him, but I think Tom Holland is probably the best out of the three of them. Um, I, I I can't wait to show there was hype uh, again, and I've become. Oh, I want to shout out one. It was like an Instagram channel, and I'm, I'm not Instagram channel, Instagram page. It's Marvel, I believe it's like Marvel DC, Marvel DC All Access, and they're just an Instagram page that literally uh, posts just slides of comics. Um, you know, Iron Man, Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Daredevil, uh, Deadpool, whoever maybe, you know what I mean? Post 
plus the comment pages, you know, talks about it in his captions and all that. It's been one of my favorite follows uh, this year alone. So I cannot recommend that page even more or enough. But I cannot wait for December 17th, I think it is. I am going to go watch that movie by myself at first to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably go watch it with my girl. But, yo, this is going to be great. <laughs> I need to get on Disney Plus, bro, because Disney Plus has all the Marvel stuff, all the Marvel stuff too. Right. I just don't want to pay for it. If I can if I can get away to finesse it, then I'll finesse it. But, right. yeah, Disney, Marvel, all that for the win. You know, I, I, I understand we're in the era of streaming and all that, but I need the full experience that I did not get with Infinity War. Because I had to see that on the road. Like, I had to see that through somebody else, whatever. This time... Oh, man, what happened, bro? Why why didn't you see it in the theater? So, when it came out, I was on the road or whatever. Like, I was working at the time that it came out. So, like, I had to see it on bootleg. Like, one of the kids I was working with had some Uh thing. And so, I saw it that way. Okay. You know, but... I am getting the full experience this time around. I, I need all of the feels. I need all of the emotions. Everything when we see, especially Willem Dafoe's Goblin. I can't wait to see what they did with his costume because obviously the 03 version was cool. As long as they bring the phones back, you know, because dude was wearing phone posits. So as long as, they, <laughs> as long as they bring that back, I'm with it. And Alfred Molina, um, Doc I, classic. Like even though Spider Man was cringeworthy the film the fight scenes and the villains were like that so <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm here for i'm ready for it you know you know definitely for sure man i mean it's just uh it's another like nostalgic thing because yeah. everybody was like oh my god is coming back oh my god oh andrew garfield coming back but oh my god toby mcguire is coming back like i can't i can't uh wait to watch them and you know, we, we just saw a viral video of Tobey Maguire yelling at the paparazzi for being in front of his car. Like, this is just great. I don't want to be a Marvel fan and be a comic book movie fan. I mean, DC continues to flop with their movies. I mean, a lot of people hated DC. I mean, um, everybody hated uh, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I like the, the first movie, movie that they did for Suicide Squad, but the second one, I heard it was terrible. I haven't yeah. even watched it. DC Animated Universe... Is, is goaded mm-hmm. but Marvel Cinematic Universe is goaded as well so right. you know that's just like the that's, I mean that's really just the reality of it guys yeah really honestly but moving on to the next topic it is about a week or so before NFL season is expected to kick off and people are kind of trimming their rosters accordingly and things and making adjustments But the Baltimore Ravens find themselves in a sticky situation because their lead tailback and superstar rookie from a year ago, J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately tore his ACL in the final preseason game against Washington football team. He's now out for the year. You know, hearts go out to him, but you're just wondering what Baltimore is going to do to pick up the slack. Yeah, uh, and there's two solid backs I guess you could say and Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell still out there I believe Le'Veon Bell's in his 30s Todd Gurley's only 27 years old they would probably be well served in getting another running back in there to really spell uh, anybody else that's in there you know again take some more pressure off of Lamar Jackson I mean he's probably the, I mean he's just their best threat in general because he's you with his legs or he can beat you with his arms you can't go wrong with either option here but yeah it really sucks for jk Dobbins. i think he was headed for a pretty solid second year and the ravens are really going through it for training camp because their receivers have been hurt mark jackson's behind the eight ball as far as COVID. preparation for the season goes because of you know his whole COVID thing and, and the vaccination scenarios we just saw a casualty of that just a couple hours ago i don't know if you want to talk about that but yeah, the Ravens are not off to a great start as far as health, as far as the season goes. You see that the NFL is making life hell for unvaccinated people, um, threatening uh, fourths if it missed game or teams have to miss games. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like a comply or die type of thing right now going on. And I, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, bro, I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but, you know, again, best of luck to the Ravens. And definitely best of luck to Lamar Jackson. I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan. 
Right, me too, me too. Definitely. Yeah, but speaking of that segue, I mean, we got some breaking news, which is that Cam Newton has been officially released by the New England Patriots. It's something I don't think anybody saw coming. Like, even if you didn't think he would start, I just didn't see him getting cut altogether. And a lot of people are going to probably pin it on the fact that he was hesitant to get vaccinated. And then there was like a botched protocol where he had to go to Atlanta. But then he, because he went down there, he violated some new um, guideline. And so they made him go into the protocols and then so it caused him to miss some practices and that was I guess the final straw for Bill and but I think that was a scapegoat in my opinion because I feel like that was the window but they were probably going to do this from the get-go anyway yeah I mean I could definitely see it uh somehow some way man this Alabama quarterbacks continue to win uh Mac Jones has thoroughly impressed a lot of people out there I mean being able to throw people wide open, he is able to do things that Cam Newton wasn't able to do last year. And Bill Belichick probably sees the future of his job and the future of the Patriots with Mac Jones. Um, my thing is, is the fact that we have a rookie quarterback and you have a Super Bowl level former MVP quarterback, why not just keep him around to make sure that he's mentored correctly and that he's able to, you know, view game film. He's able to do all do all the things that a pro quarterback has to do. Cam Newton can help you do that. You know what I mean? There's only so much that a coach can do. There's only so much that you can internally do. When you have someone that's been there and done that, it only helps you tenfold. So, you I, know, and, and say, what were you going to say? My thing, I think from what I'm hearing, they gave Cam the opportunity to stay, but his thing at this stage in his career is that he doesn't want to be a backup. Mm, and, okay, that makes sense. Which is understandable because he's kind of, yeah. he's not exactly on the tail end of his career yet, but he's not at the peak either. He's kind of like in that middle ground and, you know, he's trying to squeeze as much juice as he can out of the, at this part of his career, I think. So I, I don't know how true it is, but it sounds believable. Yeah, I mean, dude's 32 years old. He's coming off of all these terrible injuries that he's had to deal with. Had COVID I don't last blame, year. Yeah, COVID last year. I don't blame him for wanting to be a starter in, 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 at any place in this league. But it's just weird because it's just weird. Like, just why weird. not keep him around? Yeah, why not keep him around to mentor Mac Jones again? I mean... From what I've seen, from what I've heard, from what I've read, the guy is a positive influence on Mac and in the in the locker room in general. Like we saw him just the other day, desperately trying to get that dap up, and he wasn't able to get it for a little minute. I mean, sure, sure, Cam Newton can he can be a little bit of a of a diva as far as just you know what what happened with the Super Bowl and. Reacting the way he did in those press conferences, um, you know, being snotted with, with reporters and all these different things. But, you know, again, when you're a professional athlete, who isn't doing that? Who doesn't get mad at his own mistakes? Who doesn't get, say the wrong thing sometimes? So, you know, I don't blame him for being human and I don't blame him for being a little hesitant about the vaccine. Like, right. you know, there's there's a whole lot of there's as many questions as there are answers as far as that goes, um, you know, and. A quarterback's most important job is to be available, and I think that's why the Patriots let him go because they're like, if we if he can go and the whole team can go, we forfeit a game. We're trying to get back to the place that we were before with Tom Brady. We can't do that with the guy who made who may or may not be reliable. But we got this quarterback here who has really impressed us. And he looks like the future, so let's just go with him. Right. But now he has his backup. Who who the hell is his backup? Brian Blake Hoyer. Hoyer or something. Say it again. Off in this team quarterback Brian Hoyer. Yeah, like who, 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 who cares? Right. Give me the Super Bowl guy. I want. That's who I want to see. That's who I want to mentor me. And hey, Bill Belichick. You know what? Bill Belichick knows more than I do. Right. Obviously. So you know, it is what it is. You know, they always say best ability is availability. You know. Exactly. But 
next segment is called You Played Yourself, and it's dedicated to all the people that probably should have just sat down and ate their food and who probably don't deserve <laughs> this spotlight. But, hell, we're going to give it to them anyway. You know, the first person up is Scott Frost and the University of Nebraska for hiring him in the first place. This man has got to go. He should have been fired yesterday, last year, this year, yesterday, today. It's just, it's not going to work. You know, and maybe maybe I'm overreacting after one game, but when your coach comes out after the game and says, our whole game plan went out the window after they came out in a certain formation, what the hell were you doing the whole week of preparation then? Like, that's not something, that is not a good look. And this is, this is what, going into the third or fourth year that he's been in Nebraska, his first year they were awful. They were probably even worse a year ago. They haven't started out hot this year. And then on top of all of that, He's been one of the most vocal people in college football for all the wrong reasons. Like, you know, he's against paying players. They threatened to move out of a conference that they didn't have power to do, but they threatened to. Like, you're doing all this talking when you're not winning. Like, it's different when Dabo does it because at least he wins. You have to put up with him, but at least he wins. This dude is trying to be Dabo, but doesn't have the weight behind his name that Dabo has. Yeah, you know what? I second everything that you say, man. Nebraska used to be a traditional powerhouse. Yep. They need to get back at that point. I I mean, it, it reminds me of how UMD football fans had to deal with Randy Edsel mm-hmm. for those god-awful five years that we had them, or six years, however many it was. Like, yeah. you, you hire a mediocre coach or you hire a coach who's really out of his depth, you get mediocre results. You get terrible results. Boosters are mad. Fans are mad. And this is what happens. And I'm never going to advocate for a man to lose his job. But this guy needs to go. He really does. Because all you're doing is, is is harming Nebraska. All you're doing is harming these kids. You're you're pissing off all the wrong people. So get out your own way, Scott Frost, and just resign. Yeah, at this point, really. You know. But we're moving on from him. The next person up on the list belongs to the weirdo that attacked Shaq Rooster, the Mississippi reporter during his Hurricane Ida coverage. I don't know, for those who are out of the loop, there was a video that's been going viral on Twitter of a young black reporter named Shaquille Brewster who was reporting in Mississippi and a random white truck pulls up and this white guy starts berating him and then right as the camera flips to the studio, he gets all up in the man's face and it turns out he was okay and now Gulf Coast, um, their police are asking people who are aware of who this guy is to help find him so that they can arrest him and it's just weird why are y'all attacking reporters in the middle of a hurricane like you have time to why are you driving in the first place in the middle of a hurricane of this magnitude and then secondly you pull up on this guy who's trying to help you and your people out and it's just I don't know what the hell is wrong with people with a certain pigmentation this is uh, another situation of mind the business that pays you, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? He says these these weird things about Cam Newton, and then he says that those he's, he does these weird things to these reporters who's literally just there to do his job. I mean, just mind your own business, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. mind the business that pays you. Uh, hit dog hollers, you know, all these different things, man. Like, just let people be. Let people do what they're supposed to be there for. Um, I, I hope that the, the young man that got uh, paraded by Scott is is okay and that he's not, you know, getting harassed or anything like that. I mean, it's a weird it's a weird world world we live out we live out here. So again, you know, it's just mind your own business, guys. Right. And moving on, speaking of certain people of a certain pigmentation, Scott Zolak <laughs> is the next clown on my list. For his comments on Cam Newton, you alluded to it a little bit. Um, This dude comes out and says that Cam needs to turn off that rap music and maybe that's what's interrupting his play. And I'm just like, what the hell is wrong with you, bro? Like, people have been listening to rap music since the beginning of time. Like, just say what you want to say and keep it 100 and stop dog whistling, bro. Like, just say what you're trying to say and stop playing this like we're stupid. Exactly. Exactly. I mean... And again, football's meant to be a fun sport anyway. You're, you're meant to 
have some fun out there. You're meant to, you know, in between getting getting messed up every play, you're supposed to go out there and enjoy some fun. You're supposed to go out there, talk your shit, dance, whatever may be going on. I mean, it's, it's, it's again, it's sports. Sports are meant to be enjoyed and watched mm-hmm. and, and, and played and all these different things. So if you get off your rocking chair, stop being that old man. It's like, get off my grass and just let people enjoy things. Like, literally, shh. Let people enjoy things, Scott, because it's not that deep. <laughs> the guy has been a quarterback for all of his life. He's been an athlete for all of his life. He knows how to handle different things. He can, you can do two things at different ones. He can walk and chew gum at the same time. So let the let the guy do it, because he knows what he's been doing more than Scott Zola knows what he's doing too, and says what he's says what he's saying. Yeah, honestly, between those comments, between all this talk around cracking down on taunting and all this stuff. It's a lot of anti-blackness going on in a league that's predominantly full of black players and I'm not with it. Like, people want this to be some type of military unit. Everybody just stands in line and they are robotic and then it's like, bro, y'all would be the same complete people complaining about how athletes aren't themselves and, and are just so quiet, but then when people show personality and show a side of themselves outside of the field y'all complain anyway so like y'all it's damned if you do damned if you don't at the end of the day I think like you just said just shut the hell up and enjoy the game exactly and it, it, quite frankly it is very anti-black I mean you're completely right man if you don't go out there if you if you just like who wants to be a I have so many thoughts in my head bro I really do because <laughs> yeah. If I'm out there on the football field, or if I'm out there on the basketball court, and I do something amazing, I cross somebody up, I shake somebody out their shoes, I go, I get, I, I score a touchdown, you know, whatever it may be. Like I'm gonna let you know I'm about gonna, it. I'm going to emote. I'm going to let you know about. It. I'm going to talk my crap. Right. And if you can't handle it, then stop me from from getting a bucket. Stop me from scoring. Same in baseball. You know I mean? If you don't, they don't, they don't like players that bat flip and do all that. Well, throw better pitches. <laughs> yeah, and and it's a it's it's a very like anti POC thing over there because their league is like predominantly Latino, Latino uh, Asian. It's like a small percentage of black like, and they don't like none of that stuff because and they don't like any uh, hockey. It's probably like the one league that doesn't have a huge problem with it. But then they don't have a lot our of black guy Ovechkin gets he gets pummeled for enjoying himself and having fun after he scores goals. So like. If you don't like pe- again, if you don't like people celebrating and having fun, and you don't want them to celebrate in your face, make a better play, be a better defender, uh, make you know, stop it. Just don't allow it to happen, and then we don't have to worry about it. But then what happens from there? Ratings fall. Right. People are gonna complain again, like you said, bro. People are gonna complain about, oh, why are all these athletes so robotic? Why don't why don't they have fun? Why aren't they showing emotion? Blah 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 blah. The problem is. They're not showing the emotion that, that you want them to show. Right. They're not acting like they've been there before. Which I but hate. bruh, I don't want to act like I've been there before. I want to have fun. Right. I'm going to enjoy myself. In a lot of ways, I haven't been there before. <laughs> you know? Exactly. But yeah. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Either way, one way or the other, you look at it. But moving on, the final candidate for You Played Yourself belongs to the Los Angeles Police Department because when don't they find ways to embarrass themselves? Really, but their most recent screw up belong happened with NBA player Jackson Hayes. You know he's played, spent some time with the Hornets. I mean, not the Hornets, the um, the Pelicans. You know, and he was in LA. Apparently, there was a call about some type of domestic dispute. He says that him and his girlfriend were having an argument and that he had things thrown at him. They tried to enter the house and he said, do they have a warrant? And then things just went downhill from there. They tased him. Somebody put their knee on his neck, which obviously in a year after George Floyd happened for that shit to happen is just heinous. I mean, it's heinous even if George Floyd never happened, but it's even more heinous for that to happen then. And then when his partners tells him stop and, you know, just a mess and then to make things worse they try to gaslight the situation and ask the nba to suspend him because he called them he may or may not have called them the n-word like the lapd ain't never used that word before get the hell out of here like (laughs) you know 
Like, just, just, ugh, man. How can you perform this? Well, you can't unless uh, <laughs> you, know? you get rid of their money. Unless you, I'm the, right. here's my idea, right? This is a pro defund the police account here. <laughs> it's a very defund the police account here. Yeah. I, I am all the way for, for that funding. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, here's my idea. If the police harm you, maim you, kill 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 somebody like you know, God forbid, kill somebody that you love, that you love and hold dear, I say civilly sue them. I say go after their money. I say, you know, get life insurance on you on yourself because when these people have to pay out their pockets or you know you, well, actually, we we we're taxpayers. We pay them. So when you have to like pay out of pocket for these people who continue to harm regular everyday citizens, people are going to be mad about that. And they're not going to want you to, they're not going to want to see you shoot and kill these people, shoot and injure these people anymore. Like they're going to, they're going to have to change something. And this is another thing of getting rid of, uh, um, something immunity uh qualified 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 immunity like you know like in maryland they got rid of the officer's bill of rights you know yeah you know what i mean when you when you take away the ability for these people to get away with whatever they want to get away with you're gonna have to think twice about what you're doing you're gonna have to you you might hesitate to go for that gun you may go for the taser you you may hesitate putting your knee on somebody's neck you know flipping them doing whatever these these type of things i mean you're a paid professional act like it don't just go for that first emotion you know i understand the policing is a if it's a, it's a super dangerous job guys like i'm not i can't even hold you you know what i mean you're going out there every day you don't know what people are going through people don't know what you're going through you know what i mean one quick moment and then someone can lose their life yeah i i, I can sympathize with that but at the same time i'm not going to sympathize with you taking the life of someone that looks like me taking the life of someone that i hold and, and love dear like I, I, no, it's, it's it's not cool at all. So again, I say sue the sue the hell out of these people, make them fill it in their pockets, make their lives a living hell until they stop doing these things. And maybe, just maybe, maybe I'm just being naive about it. But maybe some of these things will stop. Maybe some of these things some of these things will cease. You know what I mean? Maybe we can go yep. back to what the Black Panthers did and following around the police and making sure that they're doing their jobs correctly right because otherwise when are they gonna do it you know what i mean videotape is videoing videotaping them on your phone isn't gonna stop it so just following them around make sure they do it right maybe that helps but you know it's just so many different things but the main thing is stop giving them so much money yeah because they're not gonna they're not gonna use it correctly right so right and this is obviously not the first time that we've seen something like this. There's been a couple of high-profile incidents, specifically in the NBA, involving police. We obviously remember Tabo Cephalosha a couple of years ago sued the NYPD for an incident where they broke his leg and violated him outside of a club. You know, Sterling Brown, um, who used to play for the Bucks in, in Milwaukee, he was, um, st- like, stunned and tased by Milwaukee police. You had... Um, John Henson, who also played for the Bucks, and they had police call on him because he was racially profiled when he went to get some jewelry from a jewelry store. So, like, this is par for the course for a league, and this just goes to show you it don't matter how much money you have, it don't matter what your standing is in society, still nigga. <laughs> like, exactly. Really, that's what it is. But, yeah, and it's, it's sad, you know? bro, because. And like, in just to go from away from basketball, like Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre got po- pro- got profiled by the police, and he, that guy's a literal billionaire. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, what can you do if your money doesn't talk? You know what Masai I mean? Ujiri, we forgot about him, but the whole incident with Golden State when they yeah, and the guy had the nerve to like literally be like, oh, he will he provoked me when Masai Ujiri, Masai was just trying to go on a court, and you push him and just physically upset. assaulting him, and like, yeah. it's, it's it's insane. Yeah, because you got to, how dare a black man come at me like that? Like, you know, got caught in 4K at that, too. Like, it's just, it's just yeah. stupid. But That's the funniest part right there, too. Yeah, you know, we saw everything, dude. Like, get on with yourself. Tried to sue him and everything. Lost everything. But we're moving on to more feel-good stories. It's a special segment I like to call Well Played, Desire to 
some of the best stories I've heard this week because we need more positivity in this world. And the first one goes to Maya DaCosta, a black woman and the first black female director with a number one film at the U.S. box office, Candyman, which I've been hearing so many great things about, even though I myself will not watch it. <laughs> um, but you're not, you're not a guy with scary films. Yeah, I'm not a scary films guy. I'm just not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. <laughs> you know, not that, but, guy, not that guy. Yeah, shout out to her. You know, and all. I mean, you know, the things that she had to deal with in terms of racism on set, and then the fact that people want to give Jordan Peele credit for this when it's her movie. I mean, despite all that, the first black female director with a number one box office film. Congratulations to her. Are they saying? Are they mentioning Jordan Peele because of Get Out and all these different like thriller things? Or yeah, yeah, because what's, what's, what's one got to do with the other? His connection, because he he worked with her on the movie. Uh, oh, like okay. he, I think he did like the composition for it or something. I forgot. It's some capacity, okay. he's part of it, or like an executive producer you, or something. You know what? Definitely, is it Maya or Mia? Mia, I think it's Mia. It might be Mia. M-I-A Okay, I mean I'm Yeah, yeah M-I-A I, I don't mean to like Butcher her name Do you all that on your show, man It's <laughs> yeah. your show, but <laughs> Either way um, Shout out to Candyman Shout out to, to Maya Mia Picasso, however you say it uh, it's, it's sad, bro Because we're in 2021, bro We shouldn't We shouldn't have to deal with The first black woman First black man for anything Like Right It should have been It should have been a, a special event But You know I, I disagree. I disagree with you, bro. I'm gonna go watch the movie. I don't know when I'm gonna go watch it. And if I have scary dreams, then it is what it is. I'm a grown man. I'm gonna be able to handle it. <laughs> but I want to see that movie because I, I saw. I well, I need to see the original and I need to see the the modern version. I was about too. to say, whatever you do, do not say Candyman five times. Just don't say Candyman five times, right? Just do Absolutely not say not. Candyman five times. Don't say Candyman five bro. times. I'm not gonna I say, think it, you need to say it one more time. One no, more time, no, one no, more time, good. One more time. I'm good. I'm good. No. <laughs> <laughs> but to the next story on the agenda, Alcorn State and North Carolina Central were squared off on ESPN. But the game itself is not so much the story, even though it was a great game. But the fact that College Game Day, I personally, as an HBCU alum, and you being an HBCU alum as well, or yeah, well, I, went to, I went to Towson, bro. Oh, no, you didn't? Okay, damn. Well, yeah, I wish I went to HBCU. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, being a, an alum of Morgan State, you know, I've all, a lot of the chatter, we've always kind of wanted College Game Day to appear at an HBCU because College Game Day goes everywhere. I mean, they've been to big schools, little schools, whatever. You know, they finally did it. They finally did it. They showed up to Atlanta. For the HBCU kickoff between the MIAC and SWAT challenge, you know, they had, you know, HBCUs in attendance, you know, um, Steve McNair was, I mean, not Steve McNair, um, Eddie George was there uh, promoting TSU, you know, the Migos was performing, you know, so it, it was just a big deal. The bands were performing, they were talking about HBCU culture, having segments on it. It was just a great moment for historically black colleges and universities because of just all the talent that we have produced in the past continue to produce and at times goes under the radar some of the things that we've done but it it just was a big moment and it was a good game too and this is just the beginning you know they're gonna have other things coming on i'm just wondering you know like if this is for the long haul or if this is just some temporary thing. That's just my only question, but I'm going to enjoy it while they do it either way. Absolutely, bro. You know. College game day. Shout out to college game day. Shout out to the HBCUs. Yeah. The one thing, man, that we definitely missed out on, and I blame Bob Johnson for this, bro. BET, um, VH1, whatever it may be, bro. Like They should be out here covering these HBCU football games, man. Because Actually, I'm... I'm the only yeah, thing, like, yeah, the only thing I'll oh. say is they used to, they did used to. Okay, but yeah, I'm, and, and, and I'm sure that probably wasn't like the greatest ratings that they wanted to get. But, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you don't try, if you don't succeed, you know, try try again, bro. Because we see that there's a market for out there for it. You know what I mean? People are gonna want to watch Morgan State. People are gonna want to watch uh, 
uh, the school that Deion Sanders is coaching for, you know, wherever it may be. Like, football is football, bro. We're a very football-loving country. You know what I mean? So they're going to want to watch it regardless of who's playing sometimes. So if you can get these guys exposure and you can help them become professionals in the NFL or Canada Football League, Arena Football, whatever it may be, like that can only help your product and that can only help these guys right. moving forward. Like, make, give, give give HBCUs a chance because yeah. back in the day, bro, Morgan State, uh, Grambling, wh- whoever it may be, Mississippi, not Mississippi <laughs> State, um, what's the joint that uh, Jerry Rice went to? Uh, Mississippi Valley. Mississippi Valley. Like, these were the schools back then. They were the powerhouses. And then, of course, you know, uh, our, our, our players, they were recruited to Alabama or they got recruited to Miami, wherever it may be. And HBCUs, they weren't able to catch up. Now they're going to have a chance to catch up. You see Mikey Williams is out here for, he's a basketball player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mikey Williams is willing to go to HBCU. Mocker um, McCor, yeah. he was willing to go to Howard. Like, the tides are changing a bit. So let's just keep this, this gravy rolling, keep the train rolling. And see what happens because HBCU football needs to succeed. So it's HBCU basketball, right? And I do think BT. Part of the other reason that they don't do it anymore, it's, it's a whole bidding war thing. Like they can't put up the money that an ESPN or a CBS can put up. Yeah, and, and that's fair. Which is, I mean, you know, yeah, it's you know, I can't blame them for that. But yeah, to your point, yeah, like somebody, there is an audience for this. It's just a matter of people willing to put money behind it, but. You know, like you said, and there are some HBCUs, like granted, Morgan State's past its heyday now, but there are a lot of schools like North Carolina's A&T, for example, is still a powerhouse. You know, they're absolutely like three or four time black college football champions in a row, you know, and they've put multiple people in the NFL. You have Tariq Cohen is the most notable one, Brandon Parker, Daryl Bam Johnson, you know, these, these are guys, Mac McCain recently, these are guys who, you know, at the top of their game, you look at, you know, South Carolina State, they gave us Darius Leonard, defensive rookie of the year, now the highest paid linebacker in history. You know, he's he's there. You know, Antoine Bethea went to Howard. You know, um, Joshua Miles, shout out Morgan State, he's currently with the Cardinals. You know, so it, it's, they, they, there is talent there. Alcorn State obviously gave us Steve McNair, you know, and, and some plenty of other guys, you know, Danny Johnson from Southern, he was with Washington up until this year. So it's it's guys that get in. It's just a matter of more of them. You know, it's plenty of other ones that probably should have gotten a chance. Like, I don't get how Amir Hall never got so much as a look from an NFL team, considering everything he did for Bowie State. You know, so, you know, I, I could just keep going. But it's like... Questions that need answers. Yeah. Questions... Yo, whole time. Our schools play against each other this weekend, bro. You you yep. wouldn't have a little nature for that. Oh man. Uh I haven't seen him in two years. You know, I'm I'm I, I gotta make sure I know what I'm getting into first, you know. <laughs> I, I get you. I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. I feel you, I feel you, you know, you. but that that should be a huge game though. You know, shout out to both schools for getting that making that happen again, because it shouldn't have stopped. Yes, sir, <laughs> yes, sir. But we're going to end the show with a segment I like to call Let's Play a Game. I'm going to throw out a random scenario to you, and you just answer it how you can. You mentioned our schools play each other. Obviously, Towson and Morgan right up the road from each other. Just in general, we both have been to college, whatever. Name a song that reminds you of your freshman year. A song that reminds me of my freshman year? Or yeah. multiple songs. It don't have to be one. Multiple songs. What's that, Sam? The Sam. What's that? Because okay, so 2014. Um, yeah, that's a good year. That is a good year. Yeah, shout out to shout out to the 2014 grads and the 2018 um, college grads. But um, well, I graduated 2020. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, class of 19 in here. You know. Yeah, all of me. I guess I, that probably was a song I definitely heard over and over again. Which one? Um, all of me, John Legend. Oh yeah. Uh, what else? Did Wrecking Ball come out in 2014? The Molly Cyrus joint. It might. Have, I mean, if it was played all the time, you know, it, it doesn't have to come out in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fancy was out at that time. I remember that. That was annoying. That was an annoying song, but like it was played all the time. Yeah. Um. These are songs you heard at school. You said what? You heard all the, these are songs they would play at like parties and stuff at school. I mean, I was well I, when I was going. I was at MC. I was at a community college. Oh, that's what. Oh, uh, okay. it was different for me. But I mean, when I went to Towson, or when I went up to like parties and all that, yeah, that, those were playing. Sure. Not all of me, but definitely some of the other ones. The Wrecking Ball Joint. Um, Sam Smith was playing sometimes. I don't know why Sam Smith would be playing at a party, but you know it is what it is. Probably was a dating party. <laughs> a bunch probably, of heartbroken yeah, people. It's probably just like a bunch of couples out there. But yeah, no, yeah, we we definitely went to two different schools because. <laughs> my 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 freshman year at Morgan State was 2014, and "Freak No More" by ne- by Migos was like, oh yeah, was an anthem. They played that everything, everywhere I went. That song was played nonstop. She's a stripper, naked dancer. Like it, I just, man, what a time! What a time, <laughs> bro. Man, let me tell you. That one. That's why I wish I went to. That's why I went to. Wish I went to a HBCU, bro. Probably would have uh, more fun. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I mean, it was plenty of like Towson and Morgan always were having like parties on each other's campuses. So you know, I'm, yeah, for you know, sure. But I'm trying to think what other ones. Uh, club going up on a Tuesday. That, that I forgot what that was, was that called. 2014. It came out that year, or even 2015 right. too, because the back half. Yeah, that's true. Too. Yeah, that's true. I definitely went to UMD parties. I think went to some Towson parties like that for sure. Yeah, um, that song by I Love McConan that um, I don't spot Molly no more. That jump was out too. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Accused turned it into a Q song because it was a Baltimore remix that Morgan Cuse would stroll to. So. All of those remind me of freshman. Shout out to the Qs, man. Yeah, shout out to them. I mean, this is a nineteen fourteen stand account over here, but shout out to the Qs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, shout out to them though. But you know, Blue Fire. Um, you know, we've reached the end of this show. You know, shout out to you, Brooks. Thanks for coming in last minute. I know it's last minute, but shout out to you for being available, bro. Thanks for having me on, bro. We gotta do this again. Oh yeah, definitely. It's gonna be some stuff down the line. But this here has been the play by play analysis podcast. I'm Devin Ashby, it's Brooks Warren. Check his check him out on all streaming platforms and donate to Hurricane Ida victims. Also donate to victims of Haiti's earthquake. I'm leaving a link in there for that as well. Y'all, it's been real, but I gotta go. So I'm gonna see y'all when I see y'all do sis.